Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today <laughs> we're talking about season nine, episode 19, called Alex, Annie, Alexis, Anne. That's an mouthful. <laughs> yeah. Like, is that like a bunch of middle names? I mean, I know the answer, but like. <laughs> All right, so we start out in a sheriff's station. A deputy named Frank is hauling a struggling girl down the hallway. Deputy Frank says, All right, Missy, calm down. The girl says, Let me go. Deputy Frank says, Calm down. So Deputy Frank locks her up in a cell and sits down at his desk. We can hear the girl yelling, let me out. Uh, then the radio on the deputy's desk kind of crackles to life. And the voice on the radio says, hey, Frank, someone smashed the front window over at Dawson's Hardware. Possible B&E. Need you to check it out. Deputy Frank says, yeah, copy that. But the bullpen's empty and I got someone in holding. The person on the radio says, the sheriff's heading to the station now. They won't be alone long. Deputy Frank says, Roger that. I'm heading out. And we hear the girl call from the cell. Hey, don't leave me, please. But the deputy just looks at her and heads right out the door. And the girl looks worried as she backs away from the cell door. So we cut to a short time later. She's sitting on the floor in the cell. She hears a noise and stands up to investigate. And when she goes to look out the door, a young man's face appears. She jumps back in surprise. She says, Cody. Cody says, there you are, girl. The girl says, how'd you find me? Cody says, come on, you don't really need to ask that, do you? The girl says, are the others with you? Cody says, everyone was off on a hunt when I realized you'd run away. Figured I'd do you and them a favor and come take care of this before they even know we're gone. The girl says, you can't get me in here. And Cody uh, holds up the cell door keys and she looks terrified. So he unlocks the door and says, Cop sure was in a hurry to check out that B&E I faked. Barely even saw me coming. I keep telling you, you can run and you can hide, but we will always find you. Then Cody opens his mouth and a set of vampire fangs pop out. Uh, before he can jump the girl, though, he is decapitated from behind. Uh, his blood sprays all over the cell and we see Jody Mills standing there with a bloody fire axe. Yay, Jody! Hey, Jody! <laughs> Let me see Jody. And then we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to the Impala pulling up next to a Sioux Falls sheriff vehicle, uh, and Jody Mills is standing next to it. And the boys get out a baby to greet her. Jody says, You boys are a sight. Sam says, Jody, how's the shoulder? Jody says, Ah, eh, only aches when it rains. How you boys been? <laughs> Dean says, Peachy. Sam says, Touch and go. Jody says, I know the feeling. Dean says, so, what you got for us? Jody turns around and opens the trunk of her car, and the dead vampire's body is inside next to his dead head. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, like, quickly looks around and then bends over and presses his finger to the gums of the vampire, and a vampire tooth pushes out. Sam says, yeah, uh, that's a vampire, right? Dean says, I don't know, Sammy. Looks like Jody might not need our help anymore. Sam says, oh, they grow up too fast. <laughs> Dean says, don't they? Jody says, yeah, joke all you want. There's more where this came from. Dean says, more? Jody says, my men brought in a runaway last night. 
There's no ID on her. Nothing on her, actually, except for a bus ticket out of Nebraska. Total Jane Doe. She won't even give me her name. Girl's basically feral. She's got zero manners. Didn't even thank me for saving her. Anyhow, this thing went to plenty of trouble to get at her. And to hear him tell it, the others will want her at least as bad as he did. Sam says, sounds like a nest. Dean says, yeah. Jody says, nest? I'm guessing that's not half as cute and cozy as it sounds. Dean says, oh, I'm afraid not. So we cut to the jail cell. Sam is doing a gum check on the girl while Dean watches. When he finishes, Sam steps behind her and shakes his head at Dean, meaning that he found no fangs present in that mouth. (laughs) The girl says, Wilson and Fisher, you two are FBI, then I'm Taylor Swift. That wasn't a dental ID. That was a fang check. You're hunters. Dean says, and you're alive because uh, hunters trained the sheriff. I think the first words out of your mouth should be a thank you. So who were you to this vamp anyway? Hmm? What's so special about you? Is there a nest? As Dean is asking the questions, Sam notices some scars on the girl's neck. He goes to look closer, but she sees him watching and she kind of shrugs her shirt collar higher to cover the scars. Then Jody opens the door and pops her head in. She says, sorry to interrupt. We got a match on her DNA. So the boys go in the hall outside the cell room and Jody says, Annie Jones reported abducted outside of Kenosha in 06, raised by an elderly grandparent, no living kin. You think the vamps are the ones who took her? Dean says, eight years is a long time for a human to live with vampires without getting killed or turned. Jody says, you're the experts, but there was something familiar about the way this vamp talked to her. Sam says, Jody's right. And she has scars on her neck, feeding scars. Uh, They're layered as if they've been built on for years. Dean says, so she's a blood slave. We've seen it before. Vampires keeping people as pets, human feed bags. Sometimes these slaves, Sam says, stay loyal to their captors. Dean says, yeah. Sam says, right. Jody says, so this girl's not talking because she's got a case of what? Vampiric Stockholm Syndrome? Dean says, she's protecting the nest. So, okay, I got a question. Like, if you're going to be a blood slave, would you want them to keep biting you in the same spot? I mean, there's a point to be making for not having, like, you know, scar holes all over your body. But, like, <laughs> would that hurt more to, like, have it in the same spot and the same scar tissue over and over? I don't know. I feel like after a while, you might, it might actually not have much feeling there just because there's so much scar tissue. I don't yeah. know. It's hard because, like, I mean, I work with scar tissue all the time, right? Like, okay. breaking it up and stuff hurts a lot, and it doesn't feel good to, like, mess with it but like also there wouldn't be like I feel like there'd be so much like nerve damage at a certain point that like maybe you wouldn't feel it as much I don't know like uh. (laughs) also I can't remember like in this supernatural universe if vampires you know fang bites make you like feel numb or more pleasant or I don't remember if they ever said that you know because that is the case in some you know, vampire stories, right? That it's, you know, turns you on or it has pain numbing, you know, saliva or whatever. Like, I don't know. I feel like they never really I feel really like that's more that. of like a bug thing than, <laughs> than a vampire well, thing. Well, that is, that, is, that is the case in a lot of vampire stories, like movies and huh. books and all that. But yeah, I don't think they ever mentioned anything like that. So I just assume that it hurts. 
And I think when you see someone get bit by a vampire, it looks like it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, every time you see somebody get bit, like it, they're usually like hollering, you know, like it doesn't seem like it's all that. Definitely not orgasming. Situation. Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) So we cut to inside the interrogation room. Sam says to the girl, so you feel a debt. Dean says, they gave you a home, raised you. Sam says, Annie, we get it. Loyalty is a very powerful thing. Annie says, my name is Alex. Sam says, no, it's not. Your name is Annie Jones. Dean says, those vampires stole you. They're monsters, Annie. Alex says, Alex. Dean says, and they didn't love you. They loved your blood. They fed on you. Alex says, I feed them. No, that's not what she says. She says, she says, I fed them. My choice. My brothers, they brought me food when I was hungry. So when they struck out on a hunt, I fed them. They're my family. Sam says, okay, you care about them. But Alex, there's a reason you decided to run away. Alex says, it was time to move on and get out on my own. Dean says, and how do you think that decision is going to sit with the rest of the nest? One of them already pursued you. You think when the rest of them find out that you left, that they're just going to shrug and cut their losses? Sam says, you lived with them for years. They've tasted your blood. They have your scent down cold. I mean, how far can you run and for how long? And then we see a single girl tear run down Alex's face. (laughs) Woman tear? I didn't think it through. (laughs) I know. Dean says, you didn't think this out, did you? (laughs) What would happen? Who might get hurt? You're a brother, for one. Alex says, his name's Cody, and she killed him. And then she motions to Jody, who's watching. Dean says, because of the choice you made, these are the consequences. Sam says, you got two options, them or you. And we can help you. We can keep you safe. That's not what he says. (laughs) He says, we can keep you safe, but you have to help us. Dean says, where's the nest? Alex says, I can't. After what's happened, Mama finds me. She'll kill me. So we cut to some time later. Sam is doing some research on the computer in the sheriff's station. Jody stands by looking kind of lost in thought as Dean walks up with a fresh pot of coffee. Dean says, Mills, you okay? Jody says, no wonder she didn't thank me. That creep was her brother. I'm fine. You know, mostly I'm just, I'm just hung up on the name. Alex and Annie, they're so close already. Why'd they change it? Sam says, okay, so we know from her ticket that Alex hopped a bus out of O'Neill, Nebraska, right? Jody says, mm-hmm. Sam says, obviously, it'd be better to go in with a firm location, but the town ain't that big. There are no caves or other natural hiding places. Dean says, all right, so go in, canvas it cold. Sam says, well, I worked together a short list of possible nest locations. Uh, there's an empty fire station, four or five derelict homes, nothing we couldn't hit in a day. Dean says, Okay. So the brothers get up to leave, and Jody follows them. Dean says, you're sure you're all right to babysit by yourself? Jody says, oh, well, girl's a flight risk. Not exactly friendly, but I think I can handle babysitting detail. Sam says, the station's been made. It might be worth heading up wind for a while. I mean, vamps are trackers. Jody says, terrific. Sam (laughs) says, yeah. Jody says, well, I got an old family cabin outside of town. Dean says, that'll work. Jody says, okay, well, shouldn't raise too many eyebrows, me being gone for a day. Dean says, maybe, but uh, you sure you don't want backup? Jody says, you want me to enlist my men in a protection detail against vampires. Frank's still in the dark about what hit him last night, 
The guy still has nightmares about the Bard episode of Walking Dead. They're good cops. They're just not ready for this. Sam says, Jody, in your late night reading, did you ever come across anything about dead man's blood? Jody says, uh-uh. Sam says, it takes vamps down like a horse drink. Jody says, I would not say no to some of that. I mean, not that I'll need it. You guys are going to get the jump on these vamps and be back here before they even realize their kin's missing, right? The, what, that's pretty optimistic, Jody. I just want to say. <laughs> pretty often. Do you know what show you're on? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the boys kind of nod and then head out. So we cut to a woman walking out of a bus station, locking the place up. She's on her phone. Into the phone, she says, well, it's not my fault. Well, Ralph didn't show up to work today. I had to pull a double shift. I'll be home soon. She hangs up and walks to her car. As she pulls her keys out, someone steps up close behind her. She jumps and kind of swings around. The woman says, Connor, you scared the... Connor says, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have snuck up on you like that. It's just, you haven't seen Alex around, have you? The woman says, uh, your sister. No, I can't say I have. Sorry. Connor says, huh, so you didn't sell her a bus ticket out of town. The woman says, did I help your shut-in kid sister get away from her weird, scary-ass squatter family? Answer still no. Like, Pretty brave mm, of her. I kind of really? like that about yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> good, good job. You creeps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Connor says, so you're saying Ralph lied to us because he said that you sold her a ticket right before we killed him. The woman kind of panics and turns to run, but doesn't get very far before another woman steps out from the shadows and into her path. It's the mama vamp. She says, you calling my family weird? Oh, honey, you have no idea. <laughs> and then mama busts out her vampire teeth and the woman screams. So we cut to Jody and Alex pulling up to a cabin in the woods. As Jody parks, Alex looks around unhappily. Jody says, what? Too rustic for your taste? Well, I have a lot of great memories. Used to come up here all the time. First as a kid with my parents. And then with my... And then Jody stops and clears her throat. She says, anyhow, it's a lot nicer than it looks from the outside. They get out of the car and walk towards the cabin. Jody says, FYI, the woods around here, really easy to get lost in if you don't know your way around. Me, I know them like the back of my hand. Alex says, I got it. Don't try running. You won't get far. <laughs> So we cut to inside the cabin. Jody is unpacking groceries. Alex is walking around the living room. She takes a crucifix off the wall and says, you know, this doesn't work, right? On vampires, it's useless. Jody says, that's not why I have it. Alex says, hmm. And then she picks up a framed picture of Jody's family. Jody walks in from the kitchen and Alex says, is this your family? Jody says, yes. Alex says, where are they? Jody does not say anything. Alex says, oh, dead. Like a real bitch, okay? Just say, <laughs> like, really? Pretty, <laughs> pretty not cool. Uh, Jody takes the picture back and says, you know, there are about a thousand more polite ways you could say that. I'll give you a pass on account of the whole raised by monsters thing. Alex says, how'd they die? Jody says, horribly. You must be exhausted. I know for a fact you didn't sleep last night. Alex says, I'm fine. Jody says, it's no problem. I can make up a bed. Alex plops down on the couch and says, I'm fine. <laughs> Jody says, suit yourself. So we cut to Sam and Dean approaching a rundown house. They go in and search with flashlights. The house is obviously being lived in. Uh, they see that there's beds on the floor with blankets and food in the kitchen. Dean says, this place is a foreclosure, right? 
Sam says, yep, it is, just like the rest of them. Dean says, well, somebody's squatting here. Sam says, blackout windows. Suddenly there's a loud, like, machine noise from behind the house. The brothers go to investigate. And there is a wood chipper out back. And a man is shoving dead bodies into the machine. <laughs> I Yay. don't know why that's funny. But it just <laughs> it kind of reminded me of, um, oh, what is that? Um <sighs> Dale and Tucker versus Eva. Yeah, yeah. I was like, the one oh, where the guy accidentally runs into the wood chipper. <laughs> yeah. That's such a funny movie. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, wood chipper. Okay. Um, okay. Dean hey. says, hey. Dean says, hey, hey, you need a hand with that? Oh. And he chuckles as he points to the dead person's hand sticking out of the wood chipper. Dean says, I guess not. The vampire, like, bangs out and makes a move towards Dean. Uh, but Sam jumps over and smacks him over the head with a wood shovel. No, smacks him over the head with a shovel. I don't know why I said wood. I just wanted to say wood more, apparently. <laughs> 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 okay. So the falls to the ground. Uh, we cut to Sam and Dean and the vampire, whose name is Dale, in the house. He's tied up as Sam and Dean try to get information out of him. Dean says, you go out with a family, bring home a nice dinner. How'd you get stuck doing the dishes? Dale says, we all have our roles to play. Sam says, yours being destroying the evidence. Yeah? Nice job. Ralph Hedges, Stacy Kepler, any reason you targeted them? Dale says, yeah, hunger. Dean says, and so the family's, what, out taking a nice after-dinner stroll? Dale says, oh, I'm sure they'll be back real soon. Dean says, what I asked was, and then Dean grabs Dale's hair and like jerks his head back. So their faces are very close. Dean says, where are they? So we cut to Deputy Frank in the sheriff's office filling out paperwork. He kind of jerks when a voice speaks from across the counter. It's Connor standing there with Mama and two other vampires. Connor says, nice shiner. Deputy Frank says, can I help you all with something? Connor says, as a matter of fact, I think you can. So we cut back to the nest house. Dean punches Dale right in the stomach. Dean says, you don't want to talk. No skin off my back. Because you see, a blood-sucking, body-chipping vamp, that's bad enough. But vamps that kidnap kids, well, I'm going to enjoy putting you down. Dale says, of course. Oh, I knew this was about Alexis. I warned Mama that girl would screw up everything for us one day. Sam says, Mama? As in, one vamp turned you all? Dale says, well, all but little sis, she was a uh, too good to turn. Mama couldn't bring herself to, no matter what we said, no matter how bad Alexis got. Dean says, bad. Dale says, let me guess, you never had a teenage sister. Dragging her heels, whining, near constant about everything, but more and more about the blood. Like she's somehow above it. Like she's better than us because she don't need to feed on people. Dean says, she is better than you, dumbass. <laughs> Dale says. She also doesn't eat people. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. Probably doesn't yeah. wood chipper them. I don't know. <laughs> Dale says, her moping, that teenage crisis of conscious crap, conscience crap, sorry. <laughs> it's annoying as hell, but it's just an act. When the chips are down, she'll always choose us over humans. I mean, how do you think we stayed off your radar all these years? Pretty Young, lost-looking thing like her? Irresistible. Especially to the kind of man few people would miss. I mean, sure, we hunt sometimes for sport, but it's a lot easier and a lot safer to get delivery. 
So we cut to a flashback. We see Alex in a bar uh, looking innocent and young and lost. Um, she gets hit on by a creepy older man. He kind of touches her hair and she pushes his hand away. But then she smiles at him and they leave the bar together. Um, they go into a house and the man is following her. Um, he says, come on, sweetie. Aren't you going to give me a name? Alex says, it's Anne. The man says, mm, sweet Anne, you got any idea what I'm about to do to you? Alex says, yeah, I do. Nothing. And then she walks away from him as two dudes uh, in the Vamp family come up next to him. The man says, what the, is this a party? <laughs> and then <laughs> um, Alex's brothers start to feed on the creepy man. So we cut back to real time. Dean says, she's your lure. Dale says, best a vamp could ask for it. And you better believe you don't get that good at it unless you enjoy it. In her own sweet way, girls as bloodthirsty as any vampire. Sam suddenly says, Jody. So we cut back to Sioux Falls. Jody is bringing in firewood when she realizes that Alex isn't in the living room anymore. She goes to look for her in the house and finds her sleeping in Jody's son's room. She goes to pull up the covers on her, but Alex kind of like startles awake and scares them both. Alex, Alex apologizes. <laughs> yeah, she does a little. Jody says, I made you a sandwich. It's out there if you want it. Alex says, Sheriff, my grandma? Jody says, I'm so sorry. Alex says, no, it's it's fine. I figured. It's been years. And she was old. Like, have an emotion. Dear God. I know. Like, huh. okay, zombie. <laughs> yeah. So we cut back to Sam and Dean, who are both on their phones. Sam finishes his call and says, you got it. Thank you. Dean hangs up his phone and says to Sam, she's not answering. Sam says, I just ran the victim's names through the local PD. They both worked at the O'Neill bus station. Dean says, so they killed them for Alex's location. Just then, Dean's phone rings. He answers it and says, Jody. Jody says, Dean, what's up? Dean says, listen to me. The vamps knew that Alex went to Sioux Falls, okay? They're probably already there. We're on our way there next. But there's something else. There's something about Alex. Jody notices that headlights are pulling up to the cabin. She says, it can wait. They're here. Dean says, what? Jody says, at the cabin, now. Dean says, we're on our way. Jody says, hurry, and hangs up. Dean says to Sam, she hung up. Sam says, we moving? Dean says, yeah, meet you outside. Then Dean walks back into the room where Dale is, and he, without even hesitating, beheads him. <laughs> so we cut back to Jody's cabin. She is rushing for Alex's room, but before she gets there, someone flies in through the bedroom window and slides a dresser in front of the door. Jody gets there, but can't get the door open. Alex is screaming from inside the room. Jody says, Alex, Alex, come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. Alex says, Jody, help. Jody says, Alex, Alex. Alex says, help me. Help, let me go. Uh, and then Jody busts into the room and finds that Alex and her captor have disappeared out the window. Jody chases them outside as they shove Alex into a truck. Mama is sitting in the front. Connor is the one who's controlling the struggling Alex. Jody runs for them but gets an arm to the throat um, by another vamp. And she goes unconscious. Um, as he is about to take a bite out of her neck, Mama yells from the car and says, come on, let's go. Connor says, move it. So the vamps leave and Jody is unbitten, uh, which is nice. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> you know. so, I'm real lucky there. <laughs> 
So we cut to the Impala finally pulling up to the cabin. It's daylight now, and the boys jump out, uh, concerned about Jody, who is still laying on the ground. Uh, they rush over to her. Dean says, Jody? Sam says, hey, you okay? Dean says, whoa, whoa, whoa. As Jody struggles to her feet with the boys' help, she says, where's Alex? Sam says, you tell us. Jody says, they came, and I tried to stop them. Dean says, and you got knocked out. Well, happens to the best of us. I just want to say, especially to Sam. He should have said, especially <laughs> Sam. Okay. I was going to say, it should, like, it would have been better if Sam would have said that. <laughs> Dean. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sam says, just lucky you're alive. Dean says, you think they went back to the nest? Sam says, of course they did. Why wouldn't they? Question is, what are they going to do when they find their brother dead? Dean says, so, we go back now. Jody says, okay, I'm coming. Dean says, uh, Jody, hey, hey, whoa, hold on, you're hurt. Jody says, I'm coming. Sam says, Jody, we can handle the nest on our own. Jody says, I don't give a fig about the nest. That girl was under my protection. Dean says, okay, that girl can't be trusted. She's a lure. She's a honey trap. She's been feeding people to those vamps. Jody says, I don't care. Whatever she did, she did because they made her. Dean says, oh, and that's a reason. Jody says, she's a kid. Dean says, yeah, a kid who's been playing vampire murder since before she was in braces. Sam says, Jody, he's right. At her best, her loyalties are screwed. Dean says, and how do you even know she wants to be saved? For the past eight years, she... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Dean says, for the past eight years, she has been baiting the hook for an entire nest. She's got more blood on her hands than most monsters we kill. Jody says, are you saying she's on your list? Sam says, no, we're not saying that. Dean says, well, not yet. Look, it sucks, okay? It does. But with hunting monsters comes harsh truths. This is a cleanup mission. It's not a rescue. Sam says, what is this even really about? You barely know the girl. Jody glares at the boys and then goes to the car. She says, I'm coming. And if either one of you lays so much as a hand on Alex, you'll have to go through me. So we cut to the nest squatting house. Alex wakes up on a bed. And before she can really take in her surroundings, Mama speaks from the other side of the room. Mama says, put up quite a struggle with Connor. Says you nearly took his eye out. Maybe that was just his excuse for knocking you out. You have any idea the mess you made? Hunters raided the place while we were out, tortured and killed Dale. Our home's been made. We're going to have to move again. Alex says, Mama, I never met. Mama comes over to the bed and says, shh, shh, shh. I don't know if you can hear me making shushing noises, but she shushes yeah. her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, I don't know if that's big enough. <laughs> okay. Mama says, we will all find our way. Things got screwy, but you're back now. Alex says, why? After everything, I thought that you... Mama says, you thought what? That I'd hurt you? Kill you? I would never hurt you. Not my baby girl. Not my sweet Alex. How could you even think that? Baby, why did you do it? Why did you run from us? Alex says, I love you, Mama. I do. I just, I couldn't take it anymore. The blood and the death, the sound of their screams. I just... I can't do it anymore. And the way I feel afterwards, the guilt, I'd rather die than feel that way again. Mama says, it's my fault. Alex says, what? Mama says, all of it. This is my fault. I should have turned you years ago. So we cut to Sam, Dean, and Jody preparing to raid the vamp house. They're parked just down the road. 
Jody says, well, their truck's in the driveway. Sam says, so, we're rocking right into it. Dean says, well, we face worse odds. Sam says, yeah. Dean says, Jody, this is a raid, so tread lightly, stay close. Priority is clearing the nest. Alex comes second. You got it? Jody is very annoyed, but says, got it. So cut back to Alex. Uh, Mama says, it was so selfish. I wanted to watch you grow up. I kept putting it off. Don't you see these things you've been feeling? All the guilt and suffering. Those are human feelings. It ain't too late. I can take the pain away. And then we can stay together as a family. Like none of this ever happened. Wouldn't you like that? So we cut to Dean, Sam, and Jody going into the house. Uh, they clear the first floor. Sam and Dean go upstairs and motion for Jody to stay where she is. They start to clear the second floor, but Jody hears groaning from downstairs and goes to investigate. Meanwhile, upstairs, Sam walks back to Dean, and as Dean turns around, he sees that Connor has a gun on Sam. Dean holds up his machete. Connor pushes the rifle into Sam's back and says, drop it. So Dean drops the blade to the floor and gets two by four in the head by another vampire. <laughs> he collapses. But at least it's not Sam getting knocked out this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does Sam even get knocked out in this episode? Like, is this even an episode of Supernatural? What's happening? I know. I don't think he does. Everybody's unconscious with Sam. Jody and Dean, but no Sam. And Alex. Yeah. Well, yeah. They don't get knocked out. Go Sam. <laughs> Stay conscious. He wore his helmet this time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Okay, uh, so we cut down, or we cut to Jody, who is moving down the stairs, trying to find the source of all the groaning. She sees Alex laying face down in the bed, so she rushes over to her. Jody says, "Alex, come on, come on, honey, we gotta go." Alex says, "Go away." Jody says, "We gotta go." Alex sits up, and we see that her eyes or her irises are huge and like a weird amber color. Her mouth is covered in blood. She looks pretty confused and out of it. Jody says, what do they do to you? Alex says, I'm sorry, Jody. I made my choice. Mama steps out of some shadows and punches Jody unconscious. There's another one. Jody goes down again. Okay. So much unconsciousness in this episode. <laughs> Mama said, she chose me. So we cut to the boys. Dean is unconscious on the floor and Sam is tied to a chair. Connor is holding a gun on him as he struggles. Connor says, no, 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 uh-uh-uh. Hell of a sight to come home to. Brother lying dead on the floor, and he rams the butt of his gun into Sam's stomach, who groans in pain. Connor says, no idea it was a Winchester that had done it. So, which one of you was it? Which one of you took off my brother's head? Was it you? Was it him? Pretty fitting. Brother for a brother. This place has been a good home to us. But since you two had to come around and ruin it, we're going to have to hit the road and find a new one. And when we hit the road, we like to pack a lunch. Connor cuts some surgical tubing and picks up a bucket and moves over towards Sam. So we cut to the basement. Jody is hanging from the rafters by her hands, or her wrists, or tied, I guess. Um, Mama is going through all of Jody's weapons on the table. She says, can't say you didn't come prepared. Jody says, Alex. Mama says, hey, don't be bothering my girl. She's going through something, a process. Jody says, what did you do to her? Mama says, fed her my blood. She's on her way now. All that's left is to feed. Alex says, please, Mama, let her go. I already drank from you. Let her go. Mama says to Jody, made an impression on my girl, I see. Baby, this is the human half of you talking. After the change, this human, she ain't nothing to you. 
clearly, Sheriff, you got issues. Some hole in your life you're using my Alex to fill. I would say go and get a family of your own, but, well, you know. Um, that's pretty bitch-tastic, Mama. Bitch move. <laughs> bitch cool. move. Jody says, wow, that's pretty rich coming from the woman who stole Alex to begin with. Mama says, I have fed her, clothed her, left her going on nine years. You think motherhood's just about blood? You don't know the first thing about it. Jody says, maybe not, but I know what it isn't. And it ain't about forcing her to be like you the second she becomes inconvenient. Mama says to Alex, don't you see what she's trying to do? This hunter cop bitch is trying to turn you against me to save her own hide. Don't believe a word she says. Mama says to Alex. Oh, no, I just said that. Uh, sorry. Uh, where am I? Okay. So Mama kicks the side of Jody's knee and it crunches. Jody screams. Really grossly. It was a gross <laughs> crunch. Yeah. <laughs> Mama says to is Alex. Is grossly a word? I don't know. Um, I think Not it is. I said it, I'm like, I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't know if that's a word, but, you know, we're going with it. <laughs> I, I think I say it a lot, so... It's a word. It's a word, damn it. Okay. Okay. It just okay. didn't, like, when I said it, I was like, that didn't make any sense. But I don't know if it's because it actually doesn't make any sense or if I'm just thinking it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> when you think about it, or any, when you think about any word hard enough, like, it starts to sound like not a real word. Like, every single word, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing. Weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Jody screams. Mama says, she ain't your mother. So we cut back upstairs. Sam's blood is draining from his arm into a second pint jar, which stands next to an already full one. He is barely conscious. Um, Connor says to another dude vamp in the room, tap this keg. Get the short-haired one ready. Time to finish this. The other vampire kicks Dean's back right above his kidney area. Dean still appears to be unconscious. The vampire pulls Dean's head, but as soon as his hand gets in his hair, Dean flings out his left hand, which has a syringe of dead man's blood in it. Dean sticks the needle into the vampire's heart and pushes the plunger. Then Dean grabs the machete from the floor and faces Connor. So we cut to Jody, who is still gasping in pain. She says, Alex, was that her name? You named her after someone. Was it your daughter? I couldn't figure out why you changed your name. I thought maybe you were ashamed of your theft, but you have no shame. You said that I was (laughs) using her to fill a hole in my life. And you're right. I am. You are too. Alex says, Mama? Mama says, I guess it takes one to know one. That Alex, she died a long time ago. Jody says, and it still hurts. You still feel it. The loss. The pain. Like a stone in your gut. It hurts just a little bit less whenever she's near. Mama says, you bitch. <laughs> and she leaps at Jody <laughs> and starts to punch her in the face over and over. So we to, I know. Hmm. Jody's really getting her ass kicked in this episode. Yep. <laughs> so uh, we cut to Dean, who is facing off with Connor. Uh, Connor shoves him into the wall with his machete to Dean's throat. Suddenly, Dean's face expression, facial expression, whatever, like <laughs> rages out. <laughs> And Dean pushes back and swings Connor around so that Connor is against the wall. Dean presses the machete to Connor's throat. um, And Dean's got his, like, super ugly killing face going on. He says, look at me. Look at me, bitch. (laughs) Connor (laughs) glares back at Dean. The eyeballs. He he, he had some pretty good crazy eyes going on. (laughs) Yeah, he does, yeah. So, um, uh, let's see. So, Connor, like, snarls. And then Dean severs Connor's neck with the blunt end of the machete. 
Before he turns back around to face Sam, uh, Dean tries to get his shit under control. Uh, and then he rushes over to Sam to remove the tubing from his arm. Sam says, Dean. Dean says, yeah, I know. You wouldn't have done the same for me. Sam says, no, Jody. So the brothers rush for the basement. And uh, we cut back to Jody. Mama says, good news, lady cop. Whoever you lost, you're going to see them again real soon. Mama cuts Jody down and goes in for the kill. But before she can finish it, Alex stabs a syringe of dead man's blood into Mama's back. Mama falls to the floor and says, Alex, how could you? You were my girl. Alex says, I'm sorry, Mama. Jody quickly moves to the table and grabs her machete. She goes over to Mama and pulls her head back. Jody says to Alex, don't watch this, sweetheart. So Alex turns away. Dean comes down the stairs with Sam, who's leaning heavily on his shoulder. But as they reach the bottom, Jody decapitates Mama. Yay! Yay! So, <laughs> we come to some time later. Uh, we're outside the house. Sam and Dean are standing next to the Impala talking. Sam says, nice work back there. Look at me, bitch. Dean says, well, <laughs> hey, you got another snappy one-liner. I'm all ears. Sam says, what I'm saying is, it looked to me like you were enjoying it. Maybe too much. Dean says, and? Well, sorry for not putting on a hair shirt. Hair- what does that even mean? Sorry I don't know. Hair shirt. Okay. He says, killing things that need killing is kind of our job. Last I checked, taking pleasure in that is not a crime. Sam says, right, but... Uh, and just then, Jody joins them. Dean says, how's things back at the station? Jody says, well, they beat Frank up pretty bad, but at least they left him alive. He kept apologizing for filling, for spilling the beans about the cabin, but I told him that one's on me. Sam says, well, speaking of apologies, uh, we owe you a big one. Dean says, we were wrong about the girl. Jody says, no, you were right about me. My judgment was clouded. You know, working this case, it brought feelings back feelings i've been trying to bury for years you know buried it under work religion even dating and we know how that worked out but <laughs> you know it was good still old there. crowley <laughs> know, right? uh she says it was still there you know underneath the grief don't know what that means for me just that i've been well i've been fooling myself to think that i could ignore it anyway thank you for coming out and for curing alex sam says you don't need to thank us I mean, you're the one who killed her sire, got her blood. Jody says, you sure it'll work? Dean says, well, speaking from experience, it'll be a rough couple of days, but she should pull through. You sure you don't want us to stay? Jody says, I'm good. Sam says, after it's done, you know what you're going to do with her? Jody smiles uncertainly. So we cut back to uh, Jody's cabin in Sioux Falls. She walks into Alex's room. Alex is tossing and turning on the bed. Jody says, don't get up on account of me. Alex unzips her hoodie and says, I'm really hot. Jody says, should I grab a... Alex says, I'll just be cold again in a second. It's part of the cure, I guess. Jody says, you want something to eat? Alex says, no, I'll just throw it up. But uh, thank you. I want you to know that when Mama offered, I just, I couldn't disappoint her again. I had enough to be ashamed of as it is. Jody, I've done things. Jody says, you don't have to explain. I know. Whatever you want from me, I'll give it. If you want, I'm here. But what you've been through in the last 48 hours alone, losing your entire family, everything you've ever known or loved, no one can understand that. Alex says, you can. And credits. (laughs) 
Okay, so I have a thought. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Does Alex really not remember being kidnapped? Like, I, she doesn't remember anything? Because it said that she was, like... to six. Six, so, like... I don't remember them ever, or anyone ever saying that she didn't remember it. I mean, they didn't really say that she didn't remember it, but she's like, no, like, my name isn't this, it's this. And it was hard to tell if it was, like, because she didn't remember or if she's just been like, no, like, this isn't my name now, you know? Mm -hmm. like. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could see it just being like, that was my life then and this is my life now you know what I mean like like if yeah. you re- I don't know that I remember being six I mean I'm sure I have memories that I don't know what age I was but like right around yeah. there but like <laughs> don't remember yeah. that much really you know eventful things didn't really happen you know what I mean like yeah but when you're so, only also, like what I'm is sure, she like 15 16 at that point maybe like I think she's like or 18 maybe no, I think she's I think she's like 17 or 18 yeah I don't but know. But still, for sure, like that's but... not as far away from six as like we are now. You know? <laughs> that's true. That's true. How dare you, Risha? I'm just joking. <laughs> I said we. I didn't say you. I said we. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I also think that you know getting kidnapped by vampires is probably pretty traumatic, and maybe she doesn't remember that on purpose. You know? Yeah. Not that she that would you know make her not remember her name, but like yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> But it's also weird because remember one of her vampire brothers or whatever calls her Alexis. So, well, that could just be like mama named her Alexis and they call her Alex. Alex, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, got it. That's what I assumed anyways. Yeah, because in, the, in that flashback when she was, you know, luring that guy, she said her name was Anne. So on some point, so for some reason, she does remember that her name was Annie or she wouldn't have gone with Anne. Or they told her to say that that was her, what her name was. That could be. You know, yeah, like, yeah. just so that way they didn't, like, give away an actual name or her supposed name. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah, I got it. I yeah. Got it. <laughs> yeah, I don't but, know. Could be any yeah. of those. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. It was just kind of weird. Like, I couldn't really figure out if she, like, couldn't remember or if, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it's just kind of like, I don't know if she doesn't remember or if she's just like, kind of like, that was the past, you know, and mm-hmm. the, like, this is my name now or yeah, it was just kind of weird to me. Like, I, I, they didn't really like, make that clear because you would think that if she was like, if she knew that that used to be her name, she, they would say like, or she would say like, yeah, like, that was my name, but now mm-hmm. this is my name rather than like, no, my name is this, like, yeah, you're right. No, about that. actually, your name isn't that. It's this. And mm-hmm. she's like, no, it's this. And it's like, no, it's not. You know, like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to argue with her about what her name is. Like, you would think that it, she would say something along the lines of, like, that used to be my name and it's not anymore to, like, clear up the confusion. You know? Maybe. I don't know. I think at that point in the episode, anyway, she was being pretty fucking defiant. You know, she wasn't oh, being too sure. yeah. with information. So. It could yeah. be it could be any of those things. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that ever gets cleared up either. I don't think her name. Well, she does. You will see her again. Like we don't really talk about her name. You know, her name. You know, at yeah. all. She's just Alex no. now. She's just Alex. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Eh, whatever. It was yeah, just kind of an interesting. interesting. I was just like, I don't really like understand 
understand that, you know, like, and I'm not sure, like, what we're supposed to think. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they left that pretty open. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a thought, and this is a thought that I've had for the last episode or two, and then keep forgetting to speak the thought in the moment where I should tell you that I'm having (laughs) a thought, but I've had a thought. Uh, And, um, again, over the last definitely this episode, maybe the episode before. Um, But if you've noticed, like, Sam is not really acting pissed at Dean anymore for the whole angel in my body situation. You know what I mean? Like, we've shifted to, well, now that Dean has the mark, Dean is showing signs of that being a problem. And it's the dynamic has shifted. It's not like Sam's mad at you. And Dean's butthurt about it. And now it's like, Dean's like, I don't give a shit. Like, I need to go kill some redhead bitch. And Sam is like, oh, my God, are you okay? You know what I mean? So, like, we've just totally shifted that dynamic now. Not that, like, I mean, he may still be feeling that. But, like, that's that's all we're really getting now is, like, concern from Sam, which is justified, you know. Yeah, to me, it's more of, like, I don't know. I don't really think of it. As, like, he's gotten over it, I think he's just got other things to focus on, you know, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I don't I mean, think like, I think he's forgiven him or, you know what I mean? But yeah, it's no. like, it's just not. I think it's definitely he's not over it, but he's just more concerned about the other thing, you know. Yeah, it's like so a like, there's been no resolution. Yeah. Well, how, I mean, yeah. what resolution can you have, really? Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. You move on, someone gets the market cane, and you got to deal with that bullshit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what was your favorite moment from this episode? Well, well, I like this episode just fine. I like the introduction of Alex. I like more Jody. Um, this episode wasn't particularly upbeat. No. <laughs> um, there wasn't there much wasn't... that was like funny or. Yeah. Um, what I did really like um, was. Um, when you first see Alex after she's started her her transformation or whatever you want to call it, and yeah. her eyes are so crazy looking, yeah, uh, you know, just like huge irises that are like brown and amber and and they're beautiful. They're like her whole eye almost. And I was trying to think like when we see, see to me people, that almost looked like you have an an eye infection that does oh, not look good to no, me. No, it doesn't look good, but it did look amazing. You know what I mean? Like. I just I thought it was a really cool look that they, they that did they did you know yeah yeah it yeah. looked it looked weird and and awesome um, yeah. and I was trying to think like when other people have been turned into vampires if they really did that I'm trying to think of like remember when Gordon got turned into a vampire I think I his think eyes were like with- bloody but I don't remember his irises being like super huge. huge like that or even when Dean was I can't remember do you I mean their eyes I look think they did. But I think it was more in like a bloodshot kind of way as opposed to like your irises are now most of your eyeball, you know. Um, I think they did. I can't remember. Maybe I'll not have to as dramatic, but I think yeah. they did do kind of something similar because it didn't seem new to me. Oh, it did to me. I was like, wow, that's awesome. That looks really cool. You know, so maybe I, they I just showed it more. That could be. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was a really cool effect that they did. Whether that was a practical effect or a special effect, it looked really cool. So yeah. I like that. And I did like, even just like all, every moment with her while she was in that state, you know, just that whole scene where she's down in that room with Mama and Jody, that she yeah. 
her acting i really actually liked her acting there not that i dislike her acting at other times but yeah um but you know she really pulled off at like hey i'm in this weird halfway place and like you know she's trying to figure out like who's who's trying to manipulate her what the truth is you know mama's yeah. saying one thing jody's saying another and like she mm-hmm. really she really played that really well that like that line of like betrayal and confusion and who am I supposed to believe right now also like yeah I'm vamping out it's weird you know like I just I really like just <laughs> something happened. weird is happening to yeah. me yeah <laughs> part was, was cool yeah so anyway yeah. what was your favorite moment um I, it was kind of hard for me because this wasn't like one I I don't I wouldn't say I dislike this episode but it's just yeah. kind of like another episode for me you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um I did like that we got got to like get introduced to Alex. Um I would say probably my favorite was at the end when like uh, Jody was kind of talking with Alex and it's like, "Hey, you know, uh, let's like kind of maybe be friends, you know." <laughs> and Alex yeah. was like a little less like robotic and kind of like more human and like the, Oh, well like, let me maybe have some feelings now. You know, it was like, I kind of liked that just because she wasn't so like, you know, she was automatic. Yeah. Those, that monster control, you know, that was on her. Yeah. A little bit more of like a person than Mm -hmm. (laughs) like a brainwashed person, I guess. I, I, not that brainwashed people are people, but you know, like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Yeah. A little less mind control, a little less, uh, or a little more, uh, you know, just normal brain processing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, but. I agree. Yeah, I like that. I like that Jody was like, I will just be whatever you want me to be. Yeah. Know? So, like, you want to be texting friends? Okay. You want to yeah. live with me? Fine. Like, whatever yeah. you want, you can do. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I like that. Not that yeah. that was said in that particular detail of course but you know yeah that's implied yeah. you know so yeah yeah mm-hmm. I thought yep. that was cool um <clears throat> yeah that was kind of like that that was the best I could come up with because there mm-hmm. really I mean we know me I like the funny stuff and there really wasn't anything funny in this episode so no I mean usually you get your humor from like Dean or like Cass's ignorance about pop culture stuff right but like Dean yeah. is like not really that funny now no. Dean is like, I'm gonna kill some people. Urgh. Yeah, you know. Yep. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. In these episodes, it's kind of it's a different Dean. So yeah. <laughs> um. So our interesting facts from this episode: it says uh, the title Alex, Annie, Alexis, Anne um, is likely a reference to Martha Macy May Marlene from 2011, which is a movie about a young woman who leaves a cult. Oh, Did this come sense. out? When what year was this season? Oh, 2014. Okay, so that was three years. I'm like looking at it and it says right at the top of the screen. Like uh, this was okay. in 2014. <laughs> uh, I have never heard of that movie. Interesting. I have not. Hmm. Um, this is the first appearance of Catherine Ramdeen as Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, in this episode, they say the four different versions of the girl's name in the same order that they were displayed in the title: Alex, Annie, Alexis, Anne. Mm, It says Grayston Holt plays a vampire in this episode and has a major role as a werewolf on the show Bitten from 2014, Mm. um, which I never 
I think I watched the first episode and I was like, I could keep watching this. And then I didn't. I don't remember why. It's a <laughs> book series. So, um, they, you know, the show was made after the books, but I didn't follow it after that. So I don't know. I feel like. Did I? I don't even remember. Like, I've heard of it, but I honestly don't remember if it was like a movie or a show. You know, like, I, yeah. I don't remember That's why I heard of it. You know, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what it, what but. channel it was on, but yeah. Yeah. Um, it says, uh, putting the bodies of the bus company employees into the wood chipper is reminiscent of the Coen Brothers film Fargo from 1996, which I have not seen. Reminded me more of the Tucker and Dale you know, yeah, <laughs> movie. But, yeah, you know. I've seen Fargo, um, the movie and the TV show. Um, quality stuff. I recommend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> for sure. And if you really want to care i know you do um <laughs> patrick wilson stars in the second season mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. run that out there yep. Yep. i like i like patrick wilson but i also like um jensen ackles more you know <laughs> i like sam Hewen more yeah i'd yeah. say like it's like nothing against jensen ackles but I'd mm-hmm. say just because I like Outlander more, mm-hmm. I like Sam Hewen more, I think. I Maybe. Yeah. Not by much. <laughs> it's a close, it's a close one, but. That's like, okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You are not betraying Jensen. Plus, oh, probably. <laughs> but, but also, like, you know, the accent, I think that's what does it for me. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. You know? I do know. I like an accent. Yep. <laughs> That's because you're it. human. Yep. <laughs> yep. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Can you pull your mic closer to your face a little bit? You're you're very quiet again. I don't know. I hope. Sorry. You probably sound just fine to everybody, but you're just you you sound quieter and quieter like my right microphone so <laughs> yeah i don't know is it just not close to your mouth and it's been the same place that it always is <laughs> see now that you're like leaning forward a little bit i can hear you you're a little louder uh, it'll probably all sound the same on the recording but i don't know we'll yeah. find out we'll find out <laughs> it's fine um um, where was I? Oh, okay. So it says, uh, Bobby used a wood chipper to kill an Okami in season six is supernatural weekend at Bobby's, which mm-hmm. random fact that they threw in there. Just another wood chipper fact. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with wood chipper facts. Every time I see one now, I'm like, Oh, wood chipper. <laughs> I think, do we have a wood chipper? Oh my God. If you have a wood chipper, that's where we're doing our next photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't remember if somebody, one of his family members or something has a wood chipper, I think. There is a wood chipper somewhere. All right. <laughs> I think we need to. But I know I... that there's one somewhere around this general area. All right. Next time I come over, I'm going to put on some makeup. And we're going <laughs> to take some wood pictures chip. without wood chipper. <laughs> we got some, like, stuff that we could wood chip, too, if you really feel so inclined. Maybe. Not I don't know. People, but we have, you know, like, Good. you yeah. know wood that can be chipped <laughs> okay <So> there's that <laughs> all right <Anywho. laughs> Figure right along um uh it says uh this episode makes a reference to the walking dead uh from 2010 
It says, Sheriff Mills says, the guy still has nightmares about the barn episode of The Walking Dead. Which, okay, if that's the episode that I remember, because, like, I've seen two episodes of Walking Dead, right? Mm -hmm. And one was the finale of season one, which is there was, like, a barn situation and, like, fire and zombies everywhere and all that sort of stuff. And, like, that was the first episode I had seen of Walking Dead. And it, it got to me. Got to me a little bit. Yeah, I haven't um, seen it. Okay. And then I think I saw like part of the next episode, maybe, but like that was it. So if if it's that barn scene that the guy still has nightmares about it, like I get it. You know, <laughs> it probably is that scene then. I get it. You know, yeah. <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> um, it says Lauren Cohen, um, who plays Bella Talbot for. Um, six episodes throughout season three. Um, this is a weird sentence. Um, she plays Maggie Green in The Walking Dead and is in the episode mentioned uh, The Walking Dead pretty much dead already from 2011. Sorry. Okay. Me, it's like, ah, in the yeah, background. I heard her. She's whining. And so she's like, she's like not with us, but is twitching and running and crying in her, her sleep. sleep. So she's probably yeah. chasing something. <laughs> Get it, Maisie. <laughs> Go get it, get it. Um, uh, okay, um, so it says uh, Riley Dolman, who plays Connor, um, previously appeared in season four of Supernatural after school after school special from 2009 as a lunchroom jock. <laughs> okay, well, obviously I remember that episode because that's Dean in his tight red shorts. But um, yeah, <laughs> I don't remember him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And that's the thing is, like, I don't know if it was during a flashback or if it was, you know. Yeah. You're during, right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't but, remember him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, so our research today is from EssexLive.News, um, and it is a haunted police station. Ooh. So it says, Essex Halloween, the police station haunted by a chief inspector killed on his last day of duty. What a sucky way. Like, literally, you get one of the most high-risk jobs as, like, a police officer, and then the last day is when, I mean, obviously it would be your last day, but, like, your <laughs> last day, you know, that, that was a horrible <laughs> kind of sound, but I'm, <laughs> I I understand, yes. Oh, like, you plan to retire, and that's, like, you don't even get that. That That's just rude. <laughs> I mean, you could look at it as the ultimate retirement. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> not, not quite what he was planning, sure. But, like, no. you know. No. But, yeah, you know. That sucks. That, that's a real big kick in the ass. I don't know that timing, could, man. Yeah, bad timing. I, I don't know that it could really be worse than that. So, yeah. No. Um, so it says eerie and unexplained footsteps, uh, ghostly laughter and distant apparitions are just three of the haunted experiences etched into the memories of Essex police stations over the years. While we usually associate ghostly sightings with haunted houses or desert, I almost said desert, it like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to say, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I know. with deserted grave. <sighs> <laughs> Deserted graveyards. I almost said grape yards. I heard what? you say grape, and now I'm thinking about grapes and dessert, and I like it all. <laughs> Great. Grape. Grape, grape dessert. There's not okay. very many grape desserts. There's not, but have you ever put grapes, in, purple grapes or red grapes, in the freezer 
And then once they're frozen, chomp. That is like the ultimate, like best frozen fruit shit ever. I do. I have tried that. That's it's good. I have seen people dip those. So they take the grapes and you like rinse them. Right. And then so they're kind of like damp. And then you put a packet of I think they put like either jello. It must be jello. Um, powder in there and shake it up to coat them and then you freeze them and so you get like a little bit of like a candy coating to them oh that sounds exciting i haven't tried it but it looks good (laughs) all right we're gonna try that shit yeah it's i mean it's cheap it's easy you know just throw them in the freezer for i wonder how long they take to freeze because i mean the coating i don't think would make too much of a difference on the thing hey we'll plan it i'm coming over like next month wait what month is it Wait, what year is it's it? It's August. Oh, okay, I'm coming over in September. Is it August? Oh, no, it's not. It's only July. I mean, it's to the end of July. I don't know. What's yeah, okay, well, we'll do it in September. It'll still be hot and good to have frozen yeah. grapes. I mean, either way, it's still yeah. good. It doesn't need to be warm, you know. You're right. It, it may, right. may not be warm by then. Well, I don't know. I'm hoping that because our summer has started so, so freaking late this year that, like, that means that we're going to have a summer that, you know, maybe in Halloween it'll be decent outside and not, you know, cold and rainy. Rainy, you know? yeah, right. Like, I don't love the hot weather. Like, if it can be around 70, like, that's fine. But, yeah. like, but like it, you know, it'd be nice if it wasn't raining, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to be, like, close to 100 all this week, at least where I'm at. Oh, you shut your face. You, probably, <laughs> I would guess it'd be you, too. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah, I'm not not happy about that. Yeah, I think, like, tomorrow is supposed to be, like, 98. Anyways, um, <laughs> we are not used to that, folks. It is Washington, and it is usually raining. Like. Yeah, I mean, I guess every summer, you know, there is usually, like, two or three days where it gets, like, just uh, over 100, and then maybe a week and a half where it's in the 90s. But that's it. Yeah. All the other times, it's, like, 75, you know? Last year, we and did, it like, 110 or something oh, for, like, a couple of days, yeah. I feel like we didn't get as hot last summer. It was in but... June. Okay. It wasn't, like, really in summer. We had, like, two or three days where it was, like, in the, you know, low 100s. And then, <laughs> um, yeah. I guess I blocked it. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Awful. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. I'm, like, looking. <laughs> Where are we even at? We're talking I don't know. about de- desert, dessert grapes. D- deserted graveyards? Desert- yes, deserted desert- graveyards. Okay. Let's just start that sentence over again. Okay. <laughs> it says, while we usually associate ghostly sightings with haunted houses or deserted graveyards, um, there are numerous tales of unexplained and haunted experiences at Essex police stations. It says, from a monk that haunts a custody suite to mysterious noises and freezing cold sensations, there are many unexplained and spooky tales from within our, con- or our county's, almost said country's, um, police station. Uh, one police station is even said to be haunted by a chief inspector who was killed on his last day of duty. With some of the stations dating as far back as the 1840s, it's hardly surprising there may be some unknown and uncovered stories hidden within their walls. Daniel... Seagith, I'm guessing, um, of the Essex Police Museum created a package of ghost tales between 2015 and 2016 from across the ranks of Essex Police, detailing stories handed down of the many haunted police stations of Essex. Um, So it says Canvey Island Police Station. 
Um, when it comes to the most haunted police station, Canby Islands um, is certainly the most notorious. Are you saying Canby Island? What island? Canvey. Canvey? A-N-V-E-Y. Okay. All right. I'm guessing that's how you say it. I don't totally know. I, I think so, yeah. I just I thought you said candy, and I got oh, excited no. again. I'm like, there's <laughs> a candy island? Candy. <laughs> uh, if you guys haven't seen that video, I almost want to say don't, but... <laughs> Wait, what video? I missed it. What? But, but let's go to Candy Mountain, Charlie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it'll melt your brain a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's... <laughs> Kind of, I don't know, like, it was a popular thing when I was in probably, I don't know, middle school, high school, something like that, mm-hmm. but anyway. Um, so it says, it was on the night of January 31st in 1953 when a natural disaster ripped down the North Sea and flooded the coast of Canvey Island. Uh, tragically, 59 people lost their lives to the devastation caused by the flooding on that fateful night. Where communications were disrupted, um, local police were the first responders at the scene for some time. Back in the 1990s, one police constable recalled that frightening evening, saying, I was alone in the station when I heard footsteps running backwards and forwards across the floor downstairs. I thought someone had come in and thought nothing of it initially, of it, or, and thought nothing of it initially until about 30 minutes later when the cars came back in. Uh, I questioned my colleagues about the running around. They told me that they hadn't been in and that they'd both been tied up at a job. Many reported footsteps, doors opening and closing unexpe- or unexplainedly that evening. Um, it says, uh, one haunting image is that of a chillingly cold sensation on the staircase. I worked at Canvey Island Police Station for a number of years, and everybody who worked there used to say that the staircase at the kitchen end of the station was hunt was hunted <laughs> haunted as it is always cold no matter what time of year it was or how hot it was it was reported some people would always avoid using that staircase because they found it creepy the rumor is that in the floods of 1953 police kept dead bodies at that end of the station as the water kept us from taking them to the mortuary until the water went down um that would be kind of weird just like having a pile of dead bodies at one hallway or stairway just because like, well, we can't get them out of here yet. So yeah. all, you know, like, I mean, I guess I get it, but ooh. yeah, that um, sounds pretty awful. It says, uh, while there's no evidence to support that the police station was a temporary mortuary in 1953, it was a claim made so often. And so certainly many believe is true. Um, the next one is Colchester police station. It says, while Colchester is one of the more modern police stations in Essex, um, it's one of the most reputedly haunted stations in the force. Several times, a ghostly hooded figure thought to be a monk has been spotted by officers at the station. One person explained their father's spooky sightings of the monk at the station many years ago. Um, My father was based at the new Colchester, um, uh, or the new Colchester police station around 20 years ago, having transferred from Gray's, they said. He relayed to me that many of the officers didn't like the stairs down into the custody suite and that they used to go through in a hurry or in quite a hurry because of the monk. Um, their dad thought that the stories were amusing until one night something happened. One evening he'd stayed late uh, to nick one of his regulars who worked during the day. He said, I don't know what that means to nick one of his workers. I don't know. It sounds violent. <laughs> I, I Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, you like isn't a nick like a oh i nicked myself while shaving like whatever there's yeah there's blood like involved yourself 
Yeah. So, but I don't think that this is the. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think this is the that. same meaning of the word. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. Hopefully not. Um. <laughs> anyways, um, we are reading about a haunting though, so who knows? Um. Uh. Okay. So it says, having sorted out the paperwork in his office, he made his way down to custody via the stairs. Just as he took the first step down, all the lights went off. The temperature, he says, literally plummeted. Um, in the very poor light, he saw what he can only describe as a hooded figure, which appeared to be floating near the bottom of the stairs. My dad, being my dad, just said aloud, stop messing me around and put the bloody lights on. <laughs> At which point, the figure faded and the lights indeed blinked on. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, like, stop fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we're done, you know. Yeah, okay. Uh, I didn't know that word. <laughs> it's a... <laughs> It says every spooky sighting of the hooded monk was made at the staircase of the custody suite. Um, a vicar was even called to the police station to try and rid the station of its haunted visitor. Another officer said, uh, one evening I was working late. It was dark and I went to walk from the front of the building to the back where the car park is situated when I saw this monk floating over the stairs and moving down. The lights went off and then on as I walked um, along the passage to the next set of stairs and the ghost appeared on the stairs again at the rear of the building and moved down under the stairs as I went up into the car park. Um, I used to work in the same office as an officer who also saw this and called in a vicar to try and get rid of the ghost, but I hear people still see this today. It seems the monk is not alone uh, in visiting the station, however, but also a Roman centurion in the custody suite. Ooh, that's right out of Doctor Who. Like, right out of Doctor Who. That's exciting. Sorry. <laughs> Which, I mean... And it's British. Hey, hey. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, did Doctor Who get it from this or did they get this from Doctor Who? You know, like. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know, like, interesting. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so it says uh, one member of staff explained one night when I was working as the custody sergeant, my detention officer asked if he could go upstairs to use a computer in one of the offices on the first floor to type some reports, to which I agreed. Approximately half an hour later, he came flying back into the custody, almost taking the entrance door to the custody custody area off its hinges. He was white and sweating profusely. <laughs> I asked him what was wrong, and he told me that he had just seen a ghost. He explained he was typing at the computer when something caught his eye further down the office. He looked up to see a figure in white walk across the office and disappear around a corner. He did not recognize the person, so got up and walked to where he'd seen them go, only to realize it was a dead end with no doors to exit the office. There is no trace of the person he had seen. Creepy. Um, the next one is the Thorpe Lesokin police station. <laughs> um, as one of the oldest Essex police buildings... That's a hard word to say for some reason. I can't do it. <laughs> um, it says Thorpe Lesokin has a number of haunting tales within its old walls. Um, stating back to the, er, sorry, starry. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would like to say. My it's fine. Is getting flushed down the toilet as we speak. <laughs> You're just getting remnants now. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, okay, so. Dating back to the 1840s, some of the cells inside still have servants' bells where prisoners could summon officers by pulling a cord. Um, cell doors being slammed and cell bells mysteriously ringing were frequently reported at the station. One evening at about 11 p.m., the bell in the cells started ringing, one person recalled. Um, I thought someone had come in and was winding me up, but there was no one in the station at all apart from me. 
The bell cord is situated in the cells, um, which were locked up, and you have to be in the cell to ring it. This happened three times in the space of five minutes. Ew. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> um, it says, they added, I was the only one there and um, was moving throughout the building checking fire alarms. There was a very loud bang in the front office near the cells. It felt like a door slam, but there was no breeze or anyone around. It was possibly from outside, but my hearing aids picked up echoes, meaning it was inside. So I went to check the building to see if any windows were opening or open. Um, none were open and nothing had been knocked on the floor and there was nobody around and no cars in the car park. Uh, my heart started to race and I left immediately. <laughs> it was definitely okay. from inside. I would never go there after dark now. <laughs> uh. Uh, it says Essex Police Museum found that some of the most hardy and experienced officers had no doubt that there was something unusual and haunted about the Thorpe Lissokan site. Hmm. Um, oh, how am I going to say this? Bill Riquet? Okay. I'm guessing police station. Um, yeah, we're going with it. <laughs> um, according to the report made by Essex Police Museum, Bill Riquet Police Station was mentioned more than any other site. Um, in November 1976, Chief Inspector George Manning, who had worked at a or at Bill Riquet Police Station for 15 years, was involved in a road traffic collision with another officer on duty. He tragically died on Boxing Day that year as a result of his injuries. Um, since his death, there have been numerous tales of hauntings and creeping sounds and sensations at the station, which are largely thought to be um, <clears throat> Chief Inspector Manning. Uh, where am I? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm all over the place. Um, one staff member described hearing eerie footsteps coming up the stairs and sounds of banging and crashing when there was nothing or nobody there. Um, I have experienced two incidents at this police station, which were particularly eerie, and I'm sure there will be other officers who have similar stories, they said. Um, one incident was where vehicle keys placed securely on a hook on a wall appeared to jump off the hook. There's no way that they could have fallen, and there was only me and another colleague in the office at the other end. No one had used those keys those e or that evening. Uh, the second incident was when three of the officers were in the building upstairs when they heard the sound of an airlock door opening, slamming, and then footsteps. Um, we were confused, as no one else should have been in the building, so we went down one set of stairs to investigate, they said. Um, there was then the sound of running footsteps along the corridor to the other set of stairs. Um, it says we even had our asps and cuffs out thinking there was an intruder and followed the sound uh, to the other stairs. There was no one there, and the last sound we heard were footsteps overhead in the loft area. Uh, the building was searched, and not a single other person was there. Mm. Um, it, I'm skeptical, but that building gives you shivers down your spine, It would never be, and I would never be there alone. As far as the story goes, it is apparently haunted by an ex-police chief inspector who was killed on his last day on duty before his retirement. His name was possibly George Banning. <laughs> Hmm. That sounds like quite the police thing to say. I think uh, possibly, allegedly, maybe. This yeah. was... <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, it says, many staff have described not being alone in the building, as well as frightening sounds crashing about the station. Um, this one is Epping Police Station. Um, it says, the tragic death, death, oh, death, of another officer <laughs> in Essex is also believed to be the source of paranormal experiences at Epping Police Station. I keep, it um, sounds like you're saying effing. No, it's E-P-P-I-N-G <laughs> instead of E-F-F-I-N-G. <laughs> Epping Police Station. That is an Epping Police Station. 
It says, there are very few details, but it is believed that there is a police ser- uh, sergeant who took his own life in the custody suite at the station. Since then, things have never been the same. Epping is reportedly haunted after a surgeon killed... Surgeon? Sergeant? What? <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Epping is reportedly haunted after a sergeant killed himself in the cell some, year ba- some years back, a person explained. I have, uh, <laughs> I have worked here on and off for years, and I can vouch for a really, really loud bang in the middle of the very quiet night shift coming from the closed cell block. <clears throat> uh, normally, it's the chairs being dragged along the floor in the canteen on the third floor when you're the only one in the building. <laughs> mm. um, I hear this and race up the stairs and there's no one there. Strange groaning noises are heard in the corner of the CID room. Um, They start quiet and then get louder and then stop. And then we'll start up again at any random time. That is not okay. I I do not want to hear groaning or moaning or heavy breathing or panting or any of that. No. Yeah. No, like no, no, no sound at all would be good. Yeah. Keep your your ghostly sex sounds to yourself. Like, I don't do that. Or just sounds in general. Like, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, it says, in the past, a male has been seen in the canteen, but no one knew who he was. Uh, when the two officers said to each other, who was the man sitting in the corner, neither one knew who it was. They went back up the stairs almost instantly, and he was nowhere to be seen. Hmm. Um, so the next one is Waltham Abbey. Um, over in Waltham Abbey, police station um one ghostly figure has been spotted more than once in a long black cloak um one person reported an old colleague of mine once saw a man on cctv um wearing an old style black cloak in the car park of waltham um abbey police station another time on leaving the police station to go home and being the only person on duty there he saw someone in all black in his rearview mirror he got out to see who was winding him up, only to find nobody was in the car park. Um, they added a while later, they too had a similar experience. Hmm. It says, um, it says that evening I attended a call out to a distressed elderly female in Epping Forest who had dementia. They continued. I attended single crude. After talking to her for a while, she asked me where the man was and who I had come with. I said I had attended on my own. She said, no, you weren't. You were with a man in a long black cloak. Um, another report described the usual mysterious footprints heard around the station, but also stories of flying pennies and machines starting by themselves. Flying like, just pennies? Tossing pennies at people. Like, rude. <laughs> yeah, that's annoying. Ow. If you're going to toss money at anybody, like, make those some dollar bills, okay? Make it count, man. Not pennies. Like, that's that's... No, That's insulting. I can't on the sidewalk. Like, you better be throwing some, like, at least dollar coins at me. Yeah. I mean, that sounds <laughs> Although, more painful than getting smacked with a penny, but, I mean. Yeah, oh, for sure. Sure, there's pain, <laughs> but then there's money, so. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. And I don't know how the, the system of money works, like, what the coins are. I don't remember. Um, no, I, I have never known, really. <sighs> I was there once (laughs) and I know like, I mean, there's, it's the pound, but I don't know. Is there more than one pound? Is it, maybe they have like one pound coins and then it goes to paper from there or do they have paper? I honestly don't remember at all. I think there is paper. There's paper. 
There's yeah. definitely paper, but that's as that's as far I as I know. Is, yeah, though. I don't. You know, I yeah. don't know where it starts. If it's like, you know, yeah, I, mm, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Somebody from the UK, please email us and let us know your money system. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we could Where Google it, but that be more stop, you know? <laughs> What are the coins? <laughs> and obviously, paper goes from there. But <laughs> um, so, what was your Ejidorasa moment from this week? Okay, well, I'm about to tell you more about Eric than anybody ever wanted to know. Um, <laughs> so I'm just gonna say, like, you're welcome. I mean, it's delightful, but you're welcome. <laughs> so um, in the morning, you know. Sometimes Eric and I get up around the same time. Usually, you know, he works the night shift, so he's up hours mm-hmm. later. But occasionally we're up at the same yeah. time. So um, the other morning I was brushing my teeth. And um, Eric likes to, you know, before he's, like, starts brushing his teeth, you know, basically he strips down to his underwear and starts dancing, right? It's just like a, <laughs> it's a, it's a great quality about Eric. He just likes to <laughs> shimmy around and it's, it's super yeah. fun, you know. <laughs> good time and um, he uh sometimes the dancing gets a little sexy you know what I mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's great no complaining so so (laughs) I'm so sorry he's gonna be horrified that I've told this and so will his parents but okay um so (laughs) anyway so that sexy dancing sometimes lead to leads to sexy you know grinding or whatever you know just, just a That's fun just time a you know? sexy dancing. yeah it's just, it's just you know it's just, it's just mostly joking and funny yeah. and you know it's yeah. it's a nice way to start your day let's be honest if so whatever you're married if people are no, concerned great. by yeah. that get over it you know like yeah, i mean he's, he's very entertaining so so um because it's so at the exact moment that like he started like touching my body I, I was brushing my tongue and, you know, you got to brush your tongue because like that shit gets funky. Right. So, yeah, but I accidentally like, you know, brushed my tongue like too far back and like immediately started gagging. <laughs> I just started dancing on my body. So, <laughs> so yeah, like, he touches me and I'm like, <laughs> which I mean. You know, thank God we both thought it was hysterical and we just started laughing instead of, you know, him getting offended like I probably would have. Gagging about him touching you. Oh, like, great. Literally just had knee jerk reaction of just, (laughs) I felt so bad. But luckily, like, I mean, it was obvious that I was brushing my tongue. And I, you know, that's not unusual for me to you know, trigger yeah, my gag reflex. Yeah, with my toothbrush. So like you yeah. know, he knows that. I've that, done it quite yeah, a few times. <laughs> pretty normal for me. It just, you know, just yeah. magically all happened at the same time and it was thank God it was funny and not insulting. But um I still felt like an asshole. <laughs> but um yeah, he he understood. So anyway, sorry now everyone's thinking about Eric and his underwear. Actually I'm not sorry. It's glorious. So you're welcome. But, uh anyway I am sorry to Eric, who will listen to this later and be mortified, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, well, it's not bad. <laughs> no, it really is good. Trust me. <laughs> uh, what was your Ijid or Aspen moment? <laughs> okay, so for my brother's birthday, this is another uh, Mariners game story. Um, so 
my mom, I love her. She's probably the least observant person that I have ever met as far as like just noticing her surroundings, you know? Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> has no idea what's going around her at any given time, you know? Like, and you know, she's not awful, but like going to events with my family is kind of like trying to herd cats, you know? <laughs> <laughs> everybody's going in different directions nobody knows where anybody else is trying to go and so it's like you just end up with like a mess most of the time Mm -hmm. um but so my mom decided that she wanted a brat and so (laughs) she's like you know the line's over and there's you know all the people walking around and like on one side of the, the like the tunnel on a wall area is mm-hmm. like the hot dog place or brat place or whatever and then the other side is like some of the seats like where the seats end for the baseball field right mm-hmm. so we're like okay we're gonna be right over here she's like oh well I'll meet you back at our seats or whatever and we're like no like just meet us back here we'll stay here she's like okay <laughs> so she goes through the line takes forever right Meanwhile, she's trying to watch the game and actively looking through us because <laughs> uh-huh. we are in her line of sight to try and see the game. And she's like trying to look around us to see, you know, and like apparently doesn't realize that it's us. <laughs> she just sees people, you know, <laughs> Okay. which like, OK, my brother is like six, six. He's easy to recognize as, you know. Person. Him being there, yes. you know, like, yeah, he just like, you know, he's there even if you don't know who he is, you know. Mm-hmm. So she's getting towards the front of the line, something exciting ish, it's the Mariners, happens mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the game. So we're all turned around looking at the field, and then we turn around a couple minutes later, and she's gone. And we're like, okay, you know, like, is she looking for like, condiments somewhere is she trying to find you know napkins like where did she go so we're just kind of sitting there like um you know like and so we're trying to like find her and she's nowhere to be found right and we're like okay like where did she go to we told her we were going to meet her right here like do we leave and try and go find her and then have her get even more lost if she is trying to find us or like do we just like go to our seats and go maybe she just like decided that's what she was gonna do I don't know and so my brother goes oh I have like the location sharing on my phone I'll look up where her phone is right and it showed it as being outside of the stadium and I'm like are you kidding me like (laughs) did she get lost and wander out of the stadium like what did you what are you doing you know like where did she go you know and all over the place going okay like she would have at least the area that she would have had to go out of to get out of the stadium she would have known that she was leaving you know like not that she you know is that oblivious but still I mean whatever you know and so we're like okay maybe she's just like in the staircase which is kind of on like the outside of the stadium and so we just like well we're gonna go to our seats and we get there and she's just like where were you guys and we're like are you kidding me (laughs) like we had this conversation you were supposed to meet us where you left us (laughs) so that way you looked at us 
most of the I know. time. And she's like, I didn't see you there. I looked and I didn't see you there. And I was like, you were looking through us to try and watch the game while you were standing in line. Like, how, where's the, oh my where's God. the I don't understand, you know? So that was kind of like, I kind of felt like an ass, but for giving her so much grief, but also at the same time, total legit moment. You know, like, yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. You, you know, like... <laughs> I don't understand. But, like, I joke a lot of times that, like, I need to just, like, put leashes on my family when we go out so that way we can, like, find people at any given time because they just wander. My mom's the worst, too. Like, she just, she goes so slow a lot of times because I don't know if she's just, like, looking at stuff or she's just really, really slow mover. Um, (laughs) She is kind of a pretty slow mover sometimes, but like she'll be looking at stuff and just like slow down and just be kind of like she's still going in the general direction that we were going but like you're keeping on going thinking that she's there and then all of a sudden she's not so you have to like backtrack and keep like bringing her back up to speed with everybody else you know uh that'd be really frustrating (laughs) yeah so uh lesson learned uh, just stay behind the group so that way you can yell at people as they wander off to come back to the group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was so weird, too. Well, because you guys are all really tall, except for your mom, who's like, I mean, my, my mom's still 5'8. Oh, why did I think your mom was like a super shorty like me? I don't know. I swear no, I she's... stood next to her. Yeah. I mean, well, she might be more like 5'7 ish now. <laughs> um, she's kind of started shrinking a little bit. But oh, like. Okay. She also kind of stands slouched a lot of times. I think mm-hmm. she's like, I don't know. Hmm. Like, yeah, I really thought she was my height. That's so funny. No, yeah, she's oh. like five seven ish. Okay. I would guess five seven, five eight, somewhere in there. <laughs> wow. But I mean, compared to like you know me and my dad and my brother, she is the short one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> so that was just not my memory. That's so funny. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, have you been now when I much when she's been standing up though? I, I think have. Yeah, remember time... when we we did, we went to that like get our dresses altered and stuff? Like that's. I mean, I'm sure there were a couple oh, yeah, of times yeah, yeah. that I stood uh, next yeah. to her, but I was definitely standing like right next to her, like a foot yeah, away from yeah. her a couple times. Yeah, and I don't remember thinking yeah. like, oh, you're way taller than me, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. I remember feeling I mean, like she's not we were, like significantly taller, but you know I'm five two. She is significantly well, taller. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. That's I just think it's how really. she carries herself though. She doesn't really like to draw attention to herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she kind of like I don't know. It's like she kind of tries to hide sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but well, I understand that thing. Well, next time I am in her presence, don't be weirded out if I'm just like standing very close to her and staring at her. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Like I thought you were taller than that. Or than she's that, gonna be yeah. like, your your friend Lynn is weird. <laughs> and she's yeah. No, she'll probably do. just be like, okay, no. What's gonna happen is she's gonna be completely oblivious that you're actually standing <laughs> near her. That's what's gonna happen. Okay. Well, now I'm definitely gonna do it. So <laughs> let's just see how that goes. Well, I'll report back. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> if she notices anything, I'd be very surprised. That's so funny. Now I can't wait to. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at podcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idget and Aspect moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.